With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Peace and blessings, everyone who's listening and watching out there. Peace and blessings. We will be starting in about four minutes. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the four-time national award-winning POET radio I am excited about today's um, lesson, the day of Pentecost. We are fastly approaching the day of Pentecost, which will be this Saturday at sundown. So it's a back-to-back Sabbath. Again, this Saturday at sundown. So it is a back-to-back Sabbath, brothers and sisters. So we want to always bring you the lessons beforehand so that, you know, I used to be like, man, I wish I had a known. I wish somebody had a told me. It just, you know, came up on me real fast. And so what we try to do, brothers and sisters, is, or what we do, we bring you the lessons before they actually come out. That's what we do. We bring you the lessons before they actually come out. And then that way um, you can start being prepared for the lessons when they come out, right? So, again, we want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, We want to say peace and blessings to everyone that's out there watching, listening. And we want to ask that you go get your Bibles, tag a few people, share share with a few people uh, right now in the inbox or, or, or share via text messages. And again, let's just get ready, brothers and sisters, and let's get prepared for what thus saith the Lord. And again, our motto is, if you can't read it, don't believe it. So go get your Bibles, your pen, your paper, and all those good things. And let's follow what thus saith the Lord, brothers and sisters, as it is written in his Bible. So we want you guys to just let us know where you are watching from because we want to acknowledge you. So if you are on the line, let us know where you are watching from. We got Sister Crystal Wells, Raleigh, um, Carolina uh, from the IOG family. We got Key Maybon on. Let people know where you are tuning in from that may not know, uh, sis. And uh, Stan Ruffin, Dallas IOG is in the building. We want to say peace and blessings to you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching. We appreciate you. Um, Type in the comment section where you are watching from. We want to know where you are watching from. And actually, please share the lesson as well. Please share the lesson as well, which is what I'm doing. While I am with you all, I'm sharing the lesson. I'm in so many Bible groups, brothers and sisters, and they don't uh, allow all my posts to go, <laughs> to go in some of the groups, but I post there anyway, and I just figure when they're tired of me, they'll kick me out. Sister Cheryl Thomas tuning in from Dallas, IOG, peace and blessings to you uh, as well. Let me see. Yes. Happy Tuesday. Greg Rivers, ATL, is in the building. ATL is in the building. 
see who else we have out there. We got about 60 seconds, brothers and sisters. About 60 seconds. Study. We're going to talk about the Pentecost today, brothers and sisters. Um, that's coming up this weekend. So we have a back-to-back -back Sabbath. Of course, our weekly Sabbath Sabbath is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Then at Saturday sundown, we're going to have the day of Pentecost. We're going to go over this lesson, brothers and sisters, so we can share what that means. What's the purpose of it? What's the meaning behind it? We're going to deal with those things on the actual broadcast today. So we got 10 more seconds, and then we're going to go ahead and bring in our YouTube. <clears throat> Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome, YouTube. YouTube, welcome to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour. We're here on a four-time national award-winning POET radio. Today's lesson is the Lord's Holy Day of Pentecost, right? Go get your Bibles, your pen, your paper. Bring that in a sound mind. Let's go. It's time for the truth hour, brothers and sisters. We're going to go ahead, stand up, and we're going to face Jerusalem. <clears throat> and then we're going to go ahead and um, pray into our lesson today, which is the Lord's Holy Feast Day, the Pentecost. The Lord's Holy Feast Day, the Pentecost. Let's stand up, face Jerusalem, and say a prayer. Father God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we come before you this evening, and we say thank you, Father God. Father God, you said that where there's two or more gathered in your name, that you would be present as well, Father God. So we ask that you come into this lesson tonight, unlock our minds, Father God, unlock our hearts, unlock our spirits, Father God, to receive your holy word, Father God. We pray that your word tonight is edifying to those who are watching and that it is glorifying to you, Father God. Help us know your holy feast day so that we may be in a position to keep it and keep it the right way, Father God. We pray this prayer through your son, Jesus, Yahshua name. Amen. Okay, brothers and sisters. Let's go ahead. And again, 
We want to welcome YouTube to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour here on the four-time national award-winning POET radio. Now, we're dealing with the Lord's holy day, the Pentecost. You say, well, what is the Pentecost? What does it mean? What is about it? I know about the Pentecostal church. I heard about the Pentecostal church. I know about that. Well, the word Pentecost does come from the Bible. And let's find out what it means, brothers and sisters. So go get your Bibles. Go get your pen and your pad. Bring those things in an open mind as we read what thus saith the Lord. Before we get into anything, we're going to go ahead and read off the what we believe, okay? The Truth Hour Bible class is an online Bible-based ministry where we teach the uncut word of God as it is written in the scripture or the Bible, line upon line, precept upon precept, Isaiah 28 and 10. Our mission is to lead as many souls to Jesus the Christ so that through the word of God and the keeping of the commandments, we may receive salvation. Our motto is, if you cannot read it, then please do not believe it. Here's what we believe, number one. We believe in the name of Jesus, but we have no dispute with those who would like to use the Hebrew, the Greek, the Latin, Yahshua, or any variation of the name before it was translated to the English um, version. Number two, we believe that Jesus alone is our Lord and Savior. Number three, we believe in the Sabbath day, which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Number four, we believe in the seven feast days of the Lord as listed in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, which we're dealing with today, Leviticus, the 23rd chapter and the day of Pentecost. Number five, we believe that we, the so-called African-American and those who were spread throughout the four corners of the earth by where the transatlantic slave trade are indeed Israelites. And all the Lord's statutes, laws and commandments apply to us. Number six, we believe that we must keep the law to the best of our ability. Number seven. We must keep the dietary law. According to Leviticus, the 11th chapter, no shrimp, no pork, no catfish, no lobster, or anything that's deemed uh, unpermissible and the law of the beast that may be eaten and the beast that may not be eaten. Read it for yourself, Leviticus, the 11th chapter, number eight. We believe that both the scriptures or Old Testament and the testimony or New Testament must be used when teaching the word of God. You can't be an Old Testament scholar or New Testament Christian. You must be both. Isaiah 8 and 20. Number nine, we don't believe in Sunday Sabbath service. The words Sunday and Sabbath do not go together. Sabbath means seventh day. Sunday is the first day of the week. We do not believe in the Trinity doctrine. There are not three in the Godhead. There's only two, the Father and the Son. There are three that bear record in heaven, which is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost is not a part of the Godhead. We do not believe in the cross or any images or holidays that originated in the worship of other gods, such as Christmas or Easter or New Year's. These are all anti-Christ according to the Bible. Number 10, we believe that salvation through Jesus is for all people, no matter what color, race, or nationality. Revelation 79, I saw a number that no man can count of all nations and all tongues. So brothers, at this time, we ask that if you have a hat or a head covering, that you remove it. Sisters, we ask that you, at this time, that if you do not have a head covering on, that you go and get a scarf or a head covering on so that we can be in compliance with the ordinances of God as, as it is listed in the New Testament 
1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, verses 3 through 6. Now, let's go ahead, brothers and sisters, and let's deal with this lesson tonight. We're going to deal with the Lord's holy feast day, the day of Pentecost. Now, I didn't always know the backstory on this and what it meant and what it stood for. So uh, eventually I had to do my research. So the first time I did this lesson was last year in 2021, May 18th, 2021. So here it is now. We're dealing with the Lord's Day of Pentecost. Why are we dealing with it now, you say, Brother Black Eyes? Because the Lord's Day of Pentecost is actually this Saturday at sundown coming up. And since the Lord commands us to keep it, then we need to know what it's about. And if it's a commandment and we call ourselves a Christian or a follower of Jesus, then this is something that we are commanded to do. So let's look at it. The Lord's Holy Feast Day of Pentecost. When we look at the Lord's Feast Days, and I'm talking about all of them. They are very prophetic, brothers and sisters. Each feast day represents an event to come. In other words, these feasts that we're talking about, and more specifically today, the Lord's Day of Pentecost, represents an actual event, right? But all of them represent events and or a time. In this lesson, we're going to look at the Lord's feast day of Pentecost, its importance, and why the Lord commands us to keep it, brothers and sisters. Now, what is the meaning of Pentecost? Let's read it. The word Pentecost derives from the root penta. So in any word that has the etymology or the root penta means five. Like pentagon. It's a building shaped with five points. Pentagram is a five-point gram, brothers and sisters. So Pentecost represents five or, according to the word of God, 50th, which is still five. So Pentecost represents 50th. And the root Penta represents five. Right. So let's now look at a popular Christian unbiblical definition, because, again, we always got to go and read what the world says it is versus what this book says it is in order for you to understand the difference. And these lessons, brothers and sisters, always point out what we've been told and what we've been taught versus what we can read. We got to show you what's wrong before we can even show you what's right in order for you to get it. So we're going to read the unpopular, I'm sorry, the popular Christian unbiblical definition. Then we will look at the unpopular Christian biblical definition. I'm going to say that again because I know it was it, some people twisted it up. I'm going to say it again. Let's look at the popular Christian unbiblical definition. Then we're going to look at the unpopular Christian biblical definition. Let's go to Wikipedia, and we're going to read this. It says, and this is a distorted 
definition of Pentecost. It says the Christian holiday of Pentecost is a movable feast. So the first thing that we got to find out is can it be on one day and then a different day? I'm talking about in number, right? Or does God have it at a certain day every year as it relates to the other feast days or holy days that are connected to it and around it? We got to analyze that. It says, which is celebrated on the 50th day, the seventh Sunday from Easter Sunday. Well, well, hold on, wait a minute. Why is Easter even a topic of discussion as it relates to the word of God? Easter was a Roman celebration of the goddess of fertility named Ishtar. So you see how they now, they fuse the holy feast day, Pentecost, with a Roman pagan holiday, Easter. You see how they fused it together already in the definition. I'll read it again. It says the Christian holiday of Pentecost is a movable feast, which is celebrated in the, in the 50th day, the seventh day, Sunday, from Easter Sunday. It commemorates the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles and the followers of Jesus Christ while they were in Jerusalem celebrating the Feast of Weeks and described in the in the Acts of the Apostles. So another thing that we got to figure out, did the day of Pentecost exist before Acts of the Apostles? We got to find all this stuff out, brothers and sisters. So let's find out when Pentecost takes place. Turn your Bible to the book of Esther, the eighth chapter. <clears throat> the book of Esther, the eighth chapter. Now, according to this, Pentecost takes place in the third month of God's year. Not man's year, but God's year. Let's go to Esther, the eighth chapter. We're going to read one verse, verse nine. Esther, the eighth chapter. And we're going to read one verse. And that verse is nine. It says, then were the king's scribes called at the time in the third month, that is the month of Sivan. So even the months of the year were different than the months that, that we receive today with the names that they have today. So now we know that the third month was called Sivan, S-I-V-A-N, Sivan. On the three and 20th day thereof, so on the 23rd day of the third month, and it was written according to all the Mordecai commanded unto the Jews and to the lieutenants and to the deputies and rulers of the provinces, which are from India to eat unto Ethiopia and 120 and seven provinces unto every province according to the writing thereof and unto every people after their language and to the Jews according to their writings and according to their language. So let's find out what this was, brothers and sisters, that they were writing about, that they were talking about. Let's go to Deuteronomy, the 16th chapter. Pentecost always falls on a Sunday or a Saturday at sundown. Again, you know, a new day starts at sundown. So it always falls on a Sunday, but Sunday starts Saturday at sundown. Now, 
Pentecost we read about to read here is about offering your first fruits and your best brothers and sisters let's go to Deuteronomy 16 verse 9 through 11 Deuteronomy 16 and verses 9 through 11 we got a we got a month right here y'all we got a third month okay so far so we got a month so far so let's go to Deuteronomy 16, verses 9 through 11. It says, seven weeks shall thou number unto thee. Begin to number the seven weeks from such time as thou beginnest to put the sickle to the corn. And thou shalt keep the feast of weeks unto the Lord thy God with the tribute of a free will offering. So that's another name for Pentecost is to call the feast of weeks. Because there's seven weeks, brothers and sisters, that lead up to the day of Pentecost. Because remember, we got to have 50. A week is seven days. Seven times seven is 49. Even one after the seventh Sabbath, brothers and sisters. We'll get into that in a moment, though. It says, and thou shalt keep the feast of weeks unto the Lord thy God with the tribute of a free will offering of thine hand which thou shalt give unto the Lord thy God, according to the Lord thy God have blessed thee. So the more you've been blessed, the more you give, brothers and sisters. It says, and thou shalt rejoice before the Lord thy God, thou, thy son, and thy daughter, and thy manservant, and thy maidservant, and the Levite that is within thy gates, and the stranger, and the fatherless, and the widow that are among you, in the place which the Lord God has chosen to place his name there. So we know that that place is Jerusalem or Israel, um, brothers and sisters, the place where God chose to place his name. So we got a third month. We got a feast of weeks. We got a tribute of a free will offering. And we got an offering that's given based upon how much you've been blessed. We're getting there, brothers and sisters. So we got a third month that was talked about in Esther. We got a feast of weeks. We got to find out how many weeks these weeks are. So all these things are pointing to the lesson today. Now, as Christians or followers of Jesus, brothers and sisters, we are commanded to keep the Lord's holy feast day of Pentecost. So if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, please pay attention to this right now, what I'm about to read. Let's go to the book of Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. The book of Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. And we're going to read verses 9 through 16. Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. Verses 9 through 16. Many of our parents were not taught this, brothers and sisters. They were not taught this. So when you share these things with them, is it, if it seems like they are resistant to understand what you're trying to show them, it's because they were not taught this. And anything that a person wasn't taught, and it seems like what they were taught was not the truth, they're going to try to defend that lie until God removes their stony heart and breaks down that wall so that they can understand. So let's go to Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. And this is the chapter of all the Lord's feast days. So please study this chapter. Leviticus, the 20th, 23rd chapter, verses 9 through 16. 
and it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When you be come into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priests. So these feast days were also connected to harvest and seasons, brothers and sisters. Now, what are you going to do when you take your first fruits to the priest? Verse 11. And he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you. On the morrow, after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And you shall offer that day when you wave the sheaf and he lamb without blemish of the first year for burnt offering unto the Lord. And the meat offering thereof shall be two tenths deals of fine flour mingled with oil and an offering made by fire unto the Lord for a sweet savor. And the drink offering, therefore, shall be of wine, the fourth part of a hen. Now, when it talks about offerings, brothers and sisters, we don't do offerings and sacrifices anymore. Because if you read Hebrews, the 10th chapter, it tells you that the Lord sacrificed himself and his body and shed his blood. So that we won't have to do animal sacrifices anymore. So when it talks about these offerings, we don't do the offerings anymore because the offerings were replaced by the blood and the body of Jesus, right? But we still keep the actual feast day itself and do what we are commanded to do, which is to have a holy gathering, a holy convocation, or what the world calls church. Verse 14, it says that you shall eat neither bread nor parched corn nor green ears until the selfsame day that you have brought an offering unto your God. And it shall be a statue forever. Oh, well, we don't go by that Old Testament no more. We in the New Testament. We don't have to do that stuff no more. Well, wait a minute. Didn't the Lord just tell you that it shall be a statue forever throughout your generations and all your dwellings? So it don't matter if we're in Jerusalem or not. We're still having babies, so generations are still being born. So this statue, even today, in 2022, we still have to keep this statue, brothers and sisters. It says, and you shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. A Sabbath is seven days. It's actually on the seventh day, which is Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. That's your Sabbath. It concludes a week. So if you're talking about seven Sabbaths, you're talking about seven weeks, which consist of seven days, that's 49. Well, I thought you said 50 days, Brother Black Eyes. That's what Pentecost represents, 50th. Well, wait a minute. Let's read verse 16. Even until the next day after the seventh Sabbath, that's your 50, even until the next day after the seventh Sabbath shall you number 50 days and you shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. So here it is. We got a month. We got the weeks, seven weeks and the day after the last Sabbath, which constitutes 50 days. Now, what does all this mean, brothers and sisters? But before we go there, before you say, oh, well, that's Moses' saying. 
That's 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 Moses is doing. That's the Jews doing. Let's go back to verse four in that same chapter. Leviticus 23 and verse four. It says, these are the feast of the Lord. It didn't say Moses that these are the feast of Moses. It didn't say Jews that these are the feasts of the Jews. It didn't say Israelites that these are the feasts of the Israelites. It says that these are the feast of the Lord, brothers and sisters. So wait a minute. If these are the feast of the Lord, then if we're Jesus, then are we supposed to be doing this because the Lord want us to do this? Is your church home where you attend teaching you this? And if they're not teaching you this, then brothers and sisters, this is attached to your salvation. When the Lord tells you and commands you to do something and us to do something, it's attached to our salvation. Why do you think Adam didn't live forever? Because he didn't do what the Lord told him to do. So when we don't do what the Lord commands us to do, then we can't live forever. And the whole purpose of Jesus coming and dying for our sins and to be resurrected is to be the first fruits, brothers and sisters. So that we can do what he did and be joint heirs with him. But we got a lot of lesson to go before we get to that, brothers and sisters. Let's keep this thing going. Let's go to Leviticus, the 22nd chapter. Why is it so important to bring your best to the Lord or before the Lord? Is it important to show respect and appreciation in order to be accepted by the Lord? Of course, it's important for you to show your and us to show our appreciation to the Lord. Let's go to Leviticus 22. Verses 22 through 24, Leviticus 22, just turn your page back. Verse 22 through 24, and it reads, blind or broken or maimed or having a wean or scurvy or scab, you shall not offer these things unto the Lord, nor make an offering by fire of them upon the altar unto the Lord. Either a bullock or a lamb that have anything superfluous or lacking in its parts that mayest thou offer for a free will offering, but for a vow it shall not be accepted. So what people were doing is that they were trying to be slick. They knew that they had a sheep or a bullock or 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 an animal that they wanted to sacrifice, a goat or something like that, and it had a defect on it. So they said, Well, you know what? I'll go ahead and sacrifice my defective cattle my defective sheep, my defective bullock, or my defective goat. I'll go ahead and get, get rid of that. And make the, No, the Lord don't want that, brothers and sisters. He don't want your sloppy seconds. He wants your best of the best, brothers and sisters. Verse 24, it says, you shall not offer unto the Lord that which is bruised or crushed or broken or cut. Neither shall you make any offering thereof in your land. So no, brothers and sisters, the Lord don't want your damaged goods. And even if we are damaged, the Lord don't want us damaged either. 
So how do we heal from being broken? And how do we heal from being damaged? As we get into the word of God, brothers and sisters. In those empty spaces that we have inside of us, the word of God can fill it. What was broken, the word of God can fix. What's damaged, the word of God can repair, brothers and sisters. So when you're absent and you're void of the word, then you, yeah, you can be broken, you can be damaged. And all those things that it said that the Lord don't want. Wants your best, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of Genesis, the fourth chapter. The book of Genesis, the fourth chapter, verses one through five. Genesis four. Verses one through five, we're talking about the Lord's holy feast day, the day of Pentecost. Why are we talking about it today? Why are we doing a lesson on it today? Because it's coming up this Saturday at sundown, which starts Sunday, is the Lord's day of Pentecost. So what Sister Key Israel and and the um, uh, Truth Hour Ministry what we decided to do is we decided to do lessons before the feast day comes. So when you listen to the Truth Hour Bible class, you can have like a head start on preparing for the feast day to come because many of you all don't even know about the feast day in order to keep it. So we make you aware of it. We go into the word of God. We teach you what the purpose of it is and, and what the meaning of it is, when it's coming, what day, what time of day it will be here so that you can be prepared for it, brothers and sisters. And again, I take it personal because I didn't always know these things. So now that I know these things, I said, man, I don't want people to be like I was. All of a sudden, I look up Brother Julius and say, hey, man, you know, um, the such and such day is, uh, man, Brother Julius, or Man, why why you just tell me now? You know what I'm saying? So, but it wasn't upon him to inform me of that. He was giving me a courtesy as a reminder. Maybe he thought I already knew. But we don't want to assume that you know that it's coming up this Saturday at sundown. We want to get to you in advance so that you will already be prepared, brothers and sisters. When there was a big holy day, a feast day, the day before that, they called that the day of preparation. So now you got days of preparation leading up to the Holy Feast Day of the Lord. And let's learn what to do. Genesis, the fourth chapter, and we're going to go to verses one through five. Genesis four, verses one through five. Let's go and find out how the Lord feels about you not giving your best. Remember, he said, I don't want nothing bruised. I don't want nothing broken. I don't want nothing cut or defective. Don't bring me none of that stuff. I'm not going to accept it. But let's find out what happened all the way in the beginning. The two sons of Adam and Eve and what they offered. See, offerings to the Lord didn't come, brothers and sisters, just when Moses came, the Lord always required an offering from his creation. Well, let's go back and read and understand. Genesis 4, verses 1 through 4. 
It says, and Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had no respect, had respect, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and unto his offering, he had no respect. This verse, verse five. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had no respect. And Cain was very angry and his countenance failed. In other words, he had a frown on his face. Why are you frowning at me, Cain? Or why are you frowning, period? You are the one that didn't bring me your best. You brought me your cattle that was defective, broken or bruised or, or blemished. No, Cain, don't blame me. That's your fault. Let's go to the book of Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter. Now, when you have no respect for the Lord, the Lord will have no respect for you, brothers and sisters. This is how we got into the very situation that we find ourselves in today, brothers and sisters. We traded in the Lord for all these other nations' gods. Even in Egypt, when we were released and went into the wilderness, we still wanted to build a golden calf. We always traded in God for the gods of the world. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28, 47 and 48. Deuteronomy 28, 47 and 48. De Deuteronomy 28. 47 and 48, and it reads, because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things, therefore shall thou serve thine enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he have destroyed thee. Wait a minute. Isn't that what they did in slavery? They put a yoke of iron around the neck of the slaves. Brothers and sisters, the, the Lord had already predicted that these things would happen. Look at this. I'm going to put a yoke of iron around your neck. Why? Because you had no respect. You didn't serve me in joyfulness and in gladness of heart. You didn't do those things. So I got to send an enemy from around the world to you. I got to send an enemy. And the Lord at verse 39 said, the Lord shall bring a nation against thee from afar, from the end of the earth as swift as the eagle fly of a nation whose tongue shall not, thou shalt not understand. So when the Englishmen and the Dutchmen and the Arabs and those other nations came to gather our people as slaves because we were occupying the Africans' land, 
we were occupying another nation's land. Yeah, we were both black, but we were not members of their family. So many of them, some by force and some by choice said, hey, take these Israelites. Don't get none of my family members. Take these Jews, these Israelites. And that's who they took. We got on the ships. We landed in the Dominican Republic. We landed in Jamaica. We landed in all the isles of the Caribbean. We landed in Italy. Many of the Arab nations here in the Americas. We landed everywhere. It all started with the Lord said, you ain't happy about serving me. So this is what I'm going to do to you. But we want to connect this thing to the Pentecost because the Pentecost is about offering your first fruits, brothers and sisters. Now, Pentecost was called by several names in the Bible. We read the Feast of Weeks. There's another name called the Feast of Harvest. And of course, Pentecost is the name that we're referring to it today because this is the lesson. But let's go to Exodus 34 and 22. Exodus 34 and 22. So when you see these other names, you know that it is referring to the same thing. Feast of Harvest, Feast of Weeks, Day of Pentecost, same thing. Exodus 34 and 22. And it says, and thou shalt observe the Feast of Weeks of the first fruits of wheat of, of wheat harvest and the feast of ingathering at the year's end. So it's associated with a season and a harvest time, brothers and sisters. Because the Lord didn't want us to mistake when these feast days took place. See, we were a people that dealt with land and with cattle. So these are things that our ancestors could understand. You may not understand about harvesting today because we live in a city, there's concrete, we got cars, we go to job. We're not farmers today. Our ancestors were farmers, brothers and sisters. So many of the examples that were given were given in farm language. But let's, let, let's move on. A holy gathering and a dinner is what's required. A holy gathering and a dinner is what's required. Let's go to Numbers 28 and 26. Numbers 28 and 26. So where should you be? Between Saturday sundown and Sunday sundown, sometime during the portion of that day, you should be in church. Sometime between Saturday at sundown and Sunday at sundown, you should be in church. And what should you be doing while you're there? Numbers 28 and 26. Numbers 28 and 26. Let's read. And when I say church, I'm talking about a gathering, brothers and sisters. You don't have to be in a physical building, okay? 28, 26, it says, also in the day of the first fruits, when you bring a new meat offering unto the Lord, after your weeks be out, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no servile work. So a holy convocation is a gathering. And remember, this is a feast day. 
So you learn the word of God and you also have a feast, brothers and sisters. A gathering, a teaching, a feast. A gathering, a teaching, a feast on this day. How many people who call themselves Christians or say that they're followers of Jesus even know this, brothers and sisters? Let's keep it going. Now, they'll be in church on this Sunday because Sunday is the Roman Christians day of holy gathering. So they're going to be in church on this day, <laughs> whether they know it is the day of Pentecost or not. But they're supposed to have a feast, brothers and sisters. Why we keep the Feast of Pentecost, brothers and sisters? Because it's a law. It's a commandment. It's a law. Some will say again that this is the Old Testament. We don't have to do those things no more in the Old Testament. But the Bible begs to differ. The word of God begs to differ. Even after the death of Jesus, the followers of Jesus kept the Pentecost brothers and sisters. Let's go to the, to the book of Colossians 2 and 14. Colossians 2 and 14. Let's find out what the followers of Jesus did after his, his death. And we're in the New Testament, Colossians 2 and 14. And it says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out the way, nailing it to his cross, brothers and sisters. So we're in Colossians 2 and 14. So let's tie that in to uh, Acts 1, 9 through 11. Acts 1, 9 through 11. What was taken away, brothers and sisters? What was taken away? Animal sacrifice was taken away and was replaced by the body and the blood of Jesus. But let's deal with these feast days, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Acts, the first chapter, verses 9 through 11. Acts 1, verses 9 through 11. And it reads, and when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, ye men of Galilee. Let me make sure. Which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven shall uh, so come in like manner as ye seen him go into heaven. I want to, I just want to verify that, brothers and sisters. Give me one moment. Give me one moment. Some that sometimes these electronic devices. All right. So now. Let's go to the book of Acts, the second chapter, verse one. Acts two and one. We got Jesus being raised, right? Acts two and one, and it reads, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, right? 
Let's keep reading, Sister Key. We're going to read this thing down to. We're going to read this thing down to. Let's go 1 through 16, Sister Key. 1 through 16, Acts 2, 1 through 16. Let's read this thing down. It says that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, and I'm going to tie this in to you, brothers and sisters, how Jesus was taken up and they looked at him and everything like that. We, we, we're, going to, we're going to tie this into Jesus's resurrection in a minute. Acts 2, 1 through 16, it says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. So they kept the Pentecost. So why don't we still keep the Pentecost today if the first Christians, which were Israelites, kept it, then why don't we keep it today? What changed and who changed it? It says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. These were angels, brothers and sisters, that appeared in the form of a cloven tongue. It says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What do you mean other tongues? We're going to find out. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under the earth. So what does that teach us? That there's Jews in every nation under the earth. It just wasn't Jerusalem. Or it just was in Israel. It was in every nation under the earth. So how can we be Israelites in America? Because there are Jews or Israelites in every nation under the earth. It says it right here. It says, uh, I'm sorry, under heaven, every nation under heaven. It says, verse six, now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confused because that every man heard them speak in his own language. So what were these angels doing? These angels were serving as interpreters for these men that came out of every nation because the nations in which they came from, they spoke the language of that nation. So if you have Israelites today that are in Germany, guess what? They, they're speaking German. If you have some in France, guess what? They speak in French. If you got some in America, guess what? We speak in English. So how can all of us understand what one man is saying? I'm going to show you the example of something. You guys know about the United Nations? When you go to the United Nations, brothers and sisters, there is one person speaking. There are many people of many nations, and guess what? They all have earpieces on so that they can know what the person who's speaking in his language is saying. This is what happened at the day of Pentecost. The angels with cloven tongues serve as an interpreter for that particular Jew that was of another nation that didn't speak the language of the Israelite that was speaking. It says and they, at verse seven, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, behold, are not these which speak Galileans? And how we, every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born, Parthians and Medes and Elamites, 
and dwellers of Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and in Pontus and in Asia and uh, Fargia and Pamphylia and in Egypt and in all parts of Libya about Serene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. Oh, so there were Israelite Arabians. There were Israelite Romans. There were Israelite Libyans. There were Israelite Egyptians. Yes, brothers and sisters, the same way we are Israelite Americans. It says, we do hear them speak in our tongue the wonderful works of God. So when you come together on the day of Pentecost, you are being taught of the wonderful works of God. And you feast, brothers and sisters. It says, and they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Others mocking, saying, these men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, you men of Judea, and all you that dwelt at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day, 16. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And all your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. The brothers and sisters, the prophet Joel was way before Jesus came in the flesh. And he spoke about this day the day of Pentecost. Let's go to Acts 20 and 16. Acts 20 and verse 16. Acts 20 and 16. It says, for Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus because he would not spend the time in Asia, for he hasted, if it were possible for him to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. So even Paul whom the whole Christian world loves so much, the writer of many of the books of the New Testament, even he himself kept the day of Pentecost. So many of you that follow Paul in the New Testament, why are you not keeping the Pentecost? Those who follow Jesus or say that they are following Jesus, why are you not keeping the Pentecost? When Jesus kept it, the disciples kept it, Paul kept it, and all those who are Bible Christians, not Roman Christians, but Bible Christians. There's, there's two different types of Christians. The Bible Christians keep what's written in the word of God. So we're not bashing anyone or talking about anyone, brothers and sisters. We're just posing to you a question. We're just trying to get you to think, why is it that they begin to remove some of these things because they're messing with your salvation? They know the Lord wants you to keep these days, but then they say, you don't have to do that no more. You following the master or are you following your pastor? Your pastor is just supposed to be a guide that guides you to Jesus so that you can follow him. But you ain't supposed to follow the pastor. You're supposed to follow the word of God. And if you find something in the word of God that contradicts what the pastor is teaching, then you're supposed to go with the word, brothers and sisters. 
Again, a dinner and a feast is required. Our job from Team Truth, our brothers and sisters, is to explain and make sense these feast days. Many of our people have never heard about these feast days before. Let's go to Nehemiah 8 and 8. Nehemiah 8 and 8. Nehemiah 8 and 8. And it says, So they read in the book and the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. They read in the book of the law distinctly made it plain so that you can understand what the word of God was saying and caused them to understand. And this is all we're trying to do in this Bible class is to read the word of God distinctly, the law, the commandments distinctly, make sense out of it so that you can relate it to your everyday life and make you understand what's written in the word, brothers and sisters. Let's go to the book of Romans 15 and 4. The book of Romans 15 and 4. The book of Romans 15 chapter verse 4. And it reads, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have Hope. These feast days give us hope, brothers and sisters. The day of Pentecost gives us hope. Let's go to the book of Exodus, the 23rd chapter. God has Sabbaths, then he has high Sabbaths, brothers and sisters. Of all the feast days, um, uh, well, the feast days are called high Sabbaths. That's, that's what basically the point is. But of all the feast days, there's only three feast days in which the Lord required Israel to go to the land to keep. They were so important. That's why when we read that Paul wanted to travel back to try to be back to honor the Pentecost and to celebrate the Pentecost, well, the Pentecost is one of the three that the Lord commands that we must take that pilgrimage back to Jerusalem to keep. Now, of course, we're not doing that today because Jesus has not set up his kingdom in the land. But we just want to show you what happened a four time, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Exodus 23, 14-17. Three times you shall keep a feast unto me in the year. Thou shalt keep the feast of unleavened bread. Thou shalt eat unleavened bread seven days as I commanded thee. Are those who will say that they're followers of Jesus, are you keeping the feast of unleavened bread and eating unleavened bread for seven days? It says, in the time appointed of the month of Abib, Abib, God called 
Abib the first month of the year, not January. He called it Abib. Okay, when is the month of Abib? It starts 14 days before the Passover. That's when the month of Abib starts. It says, for in it thou camest out from Egypt, and none shall appear before me empty. Uh-oh, got to bring an offering. It says, in the feast of harvest, the first fruits of thy labors, which thou hast sown in the field, and the feast of ingathering, which is in the end of the year. That's the feast of tabernacles, brothers and sisters. And the feast of harvest is the feast of Pentecost. So we got the first feast, the feast of unleavened bread. And the feast of harvest, the first fruits. Remember, we told you that another name for the Pentecost was called the Feast of Harvest? It didn't say Pentecost, but we know that the Feast of Harvest is Pentecost. It says, The first fruits of thy labor, which thou hast sown in the field, and the Feast of Ingathering. Okay? The Feast of Ingathering, which is the Feast of Tabernacles. So, those three times of the year, brothers and sisters, the Lord said, I want to see you. <laughs> you need to come up before me those three times of the year i i i want to convene with you those three times of the year okay it says three times in a year verse 17 all thy males shall appear before the lord god that's interesting have we been taught that no we ain't been taught that brothers and sisters so we got to teach it because we ain't been taught it. So let's go to Exodus 34, 22 and 23. Exodus 34, 22 and 23. And it reads, and thou shall observe the feast of weeks. Uh-oh, well, wait a minute. We just read the feast of harvest. Now it's calling the, it the Feast of Weeks. And thou shalt observe the Feast of Weeks of the first fruits of wheat harvest and the Feast of Ingathering at the year's end. So that's the day of Pentecost and the, um, the day of Pentecost and the, ah um, oh man, the, I don't know why that escapes me, um, the, the Feast of Tabernacles, okay? The Feast of Tabernacles. So let's uh, go ahead, brothers and sisters, and go back to Deuteronomy. Let's see what we're going to read. I'm going to make sure that I got this right. We're going to go back to Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter. It says, the Lord will give us a land overflowing, brothers and sisters with blessing, including the harvest. Let's go to Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter, verses seven through 16. Deuteronomy eight, seven through 16. Deuteronomy the eighth chapter, verses seven through 16, and it says, for the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water and fountains and depths that spring out of the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land wherein you shall eat bread without 
scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are, are iron, and out of whose hills thou might dig brass. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he has given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God and not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. It says, lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all thy has, has is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up. And thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of Flint, who fled thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, that he might prove thee to be the good at thy later end. And thou say in thy heart, my power and thy might of mine have gotten me this wealth. So we don't want to forget the Lord, brothers and sisters. We want to be thankful to the Lord. Every morning when we wake up, we receive the gift of two blessings. And that's those two eyes that you open up in the morning. That's the first two blessings. Those eyes opening up. We want to be thankful, man. You know, we, we could complain about a lot of things, but it don't make no sense to complain about things when we've been blessed so much, brothers and sisters. So let's talk about this harvest. Let's talk about Pentecost being a seasonal harvest. God always had a social program. We call it welfare today. You know, they pass out link. They used to be called food steps. But God always had a social program, brothers and sisters. And when the Levites, you know, when we dealt with tithes, so when we deal with tithes, you pay your percent, and then the Levites would give it to the widows and those who, <clears throat> who were struggling. That's what the system was about. You gave to the priest, Levite priest. The Levite priest would turn around and take care of the people, would take his portion of it because he had no land, no ownership, no home. Take his Everybody was taken care of. Let's go to Deuteronomy 14 and 22. Deuteronomy 14 and 22, and it reads, Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed that the field brings forth year by year. <clears throat> so that's what we were doing, brothers and sisters. That's how we took care of the community. We tithed, and through those tithes, the community was taken care of. Let's go to verse 29. We still in Deuteronomy 14. It says, And the Levite, because he has no part nor inheritance with thee, and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow, which are within thy gates, shall come and shall eat and be satisfied that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of thine hand, which thou doest. So, brothers and sisters, we gave 
and and us giving the blessings roll down to those who didn't have and that's how we got to look at it brothers and sisters that's what the offerings are for let's go to leviticus 19 9 through 10. leviticus 19 and we're going to read verses 9 through 10 and it reads and when you reap the harvest of your land you shall not wholly reap the corners of thy field neither shall thou gather the gleanings of thy harvest and thou shalt not glean thy vineyard neither shalt thou gather every grape of the vineyard thou shalt leave them for the poor and stranger i am the lord your god i'm the one that's doing this talking i'm the one that's telling you what to do so don't take everything leave some of what you have for the poor bless the poor so i'm going to challenge each and every one of you all right here right now just watching this live feed go in your closet this week find out what you have not been wearing in your closet take those shoes that you haven't been wearing take those clothes that you haven't been wearing and find out where the homeless are sleeping outside and find out which one among the homeless wears the same size you wear and give it to them this sunday that just passed brothers and sisters i i don't know what came over me but i was like i'm gonna get rid of as many pairs of shoes as i can get rid of I don't wear these shoes no more and I don't know what I'm just holding them for. I took all these shoes, some of which was brand new and there's some Jordans in here too, y'all. There's some Jordans in here too. I took all these shoes, I put them in a bag and I met the brother that stands every morning on the side of the expressway with a sign. And I said, brother, what size shoes do you wear? He says, I can wear between like a nine and a 10. I said, so cool. You can rock a nine and a half, right? He said, yeah, I can rock a nine and a half. I said, cool. I got over 25 pairs of shoes up in here for you. Take this bag. So I'm challenging you. Let's start somewhere that we all can identify with in our own closet. And let's take the access of what we have that we're, you know, some decent stuff let's not keep holding on to things and start hoarding things and let's give them to to the people who really need them brothers and sisters so i'm gonna read this again it says verse 9 and 10 we at leviticus 19 verse 9 and 10 it says when you reap the harvest of your land you reap the benefit of your success god has blessed you you're successful so you're reaping the harvest it says, you shall not wholly reap the corners of thy field, neither shall thou gather the gleanings of the harvest, and thou shalt not glean the, thy vineyard, neither shall thou gather every grape of thy vineyard. Thou shalt leave them for the poor and the stranger. So let's bless the poor and the stranger, y'all. All right? So now, the United States government had a program that is modeled after the Lord's program, right? 
Lord said, do something for the poor and the stranger. Let's read about the social safety net. Let's go to Wikipedia. It says, the social safety net of the United States is made of, up of various welfare programs to protect low-income Americans from poverty and hardship. The programs are meant to be a safety net to catch Americans if they fall on hard times. The goal to get Americans of sound body and mind back on their feet. For those individuals without sound body and mind, the goal is to protect them with the minimal standard of living. Living. These social safety net programs are non-contributory transfer payment programs. In other words, low-income Americans get the benefits for free. They don't have to contribute into the program to receive the benefits. So don't always look for somebody to be a blessing to you in order for you to be a blessing to them. What does the popular Christian world teach about Pentecost, brothers and sisters? Most of the times we hear about Acts when they begin speaking in different tongues and, and you hear people be like, lama, 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 lama. No, brothers and sisters. Tongue means language. That's all it means. Tongue means language. So if there was a person sitting next to me and he spoke to you in Spanish, you would need an interpreter to interpret what that Spanish-speaking person is saying. So when they spoke in their own language and people of other tongues or other languages were listening to that speaker speak, the angel translated what that one speaker was saying into the many different languages that those Jews spoke that came from the many different nations in which they came from. That's all speaking in tongues meant, speaking in other languages. That's all. We ain't gonna get all mesmerized about the word tongue. It just means language. That's all. But when we talk about the day of Pentecost, that's what most people talk about. Oh, speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues. Uh, they spoke in tongues. Let's go to Acts 2. Well, we're going to skip Acts 2 because we did cover some of Acts 2. For the sake of time, let's go to Joel 2, 28 and 31. Joel 2, 28 through 31. Joel 2. Twenty-eight through thirty-one, and it reads, "And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions." Isn't that what we read in the book of Acts, the second chapter, when it mentioned the prophet Joel? It was a quote from this, Joel 2 and 28. And then verse 29 through 32 says, and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. What's the great and terrible day of the Lord come? That's the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, Yeshua, the Christ. Anytime it talks about the sun being darkened, 
and and it being a dark and gloomy day that's the day of the lord that's the day of his return why is it so terrible it's terrible for the sinners brothers and sisters Verse 32, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Yes, brothers and sisters, this makes me excited. It makes me full. I love it. Let's go to Revelation 6, 12 through 9. We're almost done. We only got a couple more places. Revelation 6. And we're going to read 12 through 9, and it reads, I mean, 12, what is it? 12 through 17. Revelation 6, 12 through 17, and it says, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree cast of her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind, and the heaven departed as a scroll when it rolled together. And every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come and who shall be able to stand? So the Lord is coming, brothers and sisters, and we want to prepare ourselves for the coming of the Lord, brothers and sisters. So we got to get these feast days down and these offerings, offerings of ourselves. Be a blessing, brothers and sisters. Let's go to... Uh, Revelations 1 and 7, work your land, brothers and sisters. Reap your harvest. Then let it rest for a year. What does that represent? The Lord, day of Pentecost represents a year and an event. Let's find out, Revelations 1 and 7. Revelations 1 and 7, and it represents, or, and it says, Behold, he cometh with the clouds, and every eye sh shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so. Amen. So, brothers and sisters. We got to understand what we're dealing with and who we're dealing with and why the Lord commands us to comply with these commandments that he has given us because he wants us to be in the know, brothers and sisters. He wants us to be in the know. He wants us to be in compliance with the things that he has commanded us to do. Let's go ahead. And go here. Leviticus 25, 1 through 4. Leviticus 25, 1 through 4. And we are closing out, brothers and sisters. We are landing this plane. Leviticus 25, 
1 through 4, and it reads, The Lord spake unto Moses Sinai, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When you come into the land which I give you, then shall you then shall the land keep a Sabbath unto the Lord. The land shall keep a Sabbath unto the Lord. Six years you shall sow thy field, and six years shall, shall you prune thy vineyard and gather in the fruits thereof. But in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land, a Sabbath of the Lord. Thou shalt neither sow thy field nor prune thy vineyard. That which groweth of its own accord of thy harvest, thou shalt not reap, neither gather the grapes of, the, of thy vine undressed, for it is a year of rest unto the land. And the Sabbath of the land shall be meat for you, for you and for your servant and for your maid and for your hired servant and for your stranger that sojourn with thee. What, are they not? planting and harvesting every year. They're not letting the land rest, brothers and sisters, but this is a commandment from the Lord and you wonder why your food is bad. They got to have chemicals and different things in the food because they're not letting the land rest, brothers and sisters. Let's go verses eight through 13. And it says, and thou shalt number seven Sabbaths of years unto thee, seven times seven years. And the space of seven Sabbaths of years shall be unto thee forty and nine years. Then shalt thou cause the trumpet of Jubilee to sound. Then shalt thou call the trumpet of Jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month. In the day of atonement shall you make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. And you shall hollow the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you, and you shall return every man unto his possession, and you shall return every man unto his family. So when Jesus comes back, which this also represents, you got to go back home to Israel, brothers and sisters. You ain't staying where you currently are. Every man has to go back to his possession and to his own family. Where is this being taught at in the, in, in the churches, brothers and sisters? 11. And Jubilee shall that 50th year be unto you. You shall not sow, neither reap that which groweth of itself in it, nor gather the grapes in it of thy vine undressed, for it is the Jubilee. It shall be holy unto you. You shall eat the increase thereof out of the field. In the year of this Jubilee, you shall return every man into his possession. So don't you know that right now, brothers and sisters, that we have possession in the land of Israel? You and I are members of the Israelite family. And we have possession in the land. And when the Lord comes back, we got to go back, brothers and sisters. We got to go back. So, brothers and sisters, when you talk about the day of Pentecost, it is a very important, as all the feast days are, as all the feast days are, it is very important. And I hope this lesson tonight sheds some light on some of that importance. 
Remember your first fruits, the harvest, right? The things that we plant in the ground. We plant them so that they can grow out of the ground and we can harvest those things, right? Sister Key Israel, can I read one more thing, please? Let's go to John 20 and 17. What was planted in the ground and came up that the Lord accepted? John 20 and 17. When Jesus was killed, crucified, and buried, and then resurrected after the third day, and showed himself unto his disciples. This is what he said. John 20 and 17. Jesus said unto her, well, 16 and 17. Jesus said unto her, Mary. She turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say master. Jesus said unto her, touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. Jesus was the first fruits of them that slept, brothers and sisters. He was the sheep offering that you wave, brothers and sisters. He's the best of the best offering that comes out of the ground. So Abel's offering that he gave in the book of Genesis represented Jesus. Your first fruits represent Jesus, brothers and sisters. Jesus said unto her, touch me not, for I have not yet ascended to my father. He had just come up out of the ground, out of the burial. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and to your God. Why did he need to ascend to his father, our father, our God, to be accepted? as that offering, as that first fruit. Ladies and gentlemen, this is and this was the teaching of the day of Pentecost. Thank you so much for your time. So brothers and sisters, for those who are on YouTube, first I would like for you to hit the subscribe button and share this lesson. Take the link and hit the share button and share it with a few people so that they can understand what the day of Pentecost is, why we should keep it, and the fact that it's coming up this Saturday at sundown helps to prepare those who say they love God and who are followers of Jesus, Yeshua, the Christ. So hit that subscribe button. Go to Facebook, YouTube listeners and watchers. Go to Facebook and like our Facebook page, which is called the Truth Hour Bible Class. Now, for those who are on Facebook live. We want you to go to YouTube and subscribe to our channel, Truth Hour TV. Again, Truth Hour TV. We want you to go there and subscribe. Our TV. Truth Hour TV. We want you to go there. Okay, cool. I just put it in there. Go there and subscribe. And if you would like to be added to our text message invite reminder list, then text your name, both YouTube and Facebook. Text your name in the keywords Truth Hour to 312. 719-7310 and we'll add you in our text message blast so you'll get a text right before we go live as to what the lesson will be 
and um, the time that it airs and the link for you to tune in via Facebook because YouTube don't get it live but Facebook gets it live so you can see all the comments and all those type of things right if you would like to be a part of our truth hour ministry which is an online ministry then reach out to myself or anyone that's online live right now um, team truth hour members type in team truth hour in the comment section so they'll know that you're here and they can reach out to you i want to thank my team team truth hour i want to thank sister key israel who always is here and putting those scriptures up so that you won't have to try to go so fast and follow us with the with the actual bible you can just click on the scripture right on your screen right on this live video and follow with us so again this week we have a back-to-back -back sabbath the weekly sabbath from friday sundown to saturday sundown and then we have the holy feast day of tabernacles right so remember text me your name and the keywords truth hour your name and the keywords truth hour and i will lock you in okay so with that being said let's stand up and face jerusalem and if you don't know what direction that's in that's towards the east and um thank the lord our god for this lesson tonight okay did i say tabernacles the feast of Pente <laughs> i'm sorry the feast of pentecost y'all if i said tabernacles please strike that off the record it's the feast of pentecost all right this coming up saturday at sundown the feast of pentecost thanks for correcting me family all right let's go ahead and stand up face jerusalem and pray father god the god of abraham isaac and jacob father god thank you so much father god for all the blessings that you have bestowed upon us father god we talked about it earlier every time we wake in the morning the first two blessings that we do is open up those two eyes, Father God. Father God, we know that we complain a lot, Father God. We know that we find fault in so many things, Father God, but give us the faith of Job, Father God. We're not going to even ask for the faith of a mustard seed. Give us the faith of Job, Father God, that even if in the midst of our trials and in our struggles and in our losses, Father God, that you would continue to bless us, Father God, and teach us how to appreciate the blessings that you have given us and that you have shown us, Father God. Father God, help us and strengthen us to keep your holy feast days, Father God, your weekly Sabbaths, Father God, and your word, Father God. Father God, we pray this prayer. We pray over all those who are sick and who are ill and the families that are suffering off of the losses of loved ones, Father God. Give us the strength, Father, to endure, Father God, and be a shoulder for those who are looking for a shoulder to lean on and an ear to, for those who are looking for an ear to listen, Father God. Give us the strength to be a blessing to the poor and to the sick and those who are going through. Father God, we pray this prayer in your son, Jesus, Yahshua name. Amen. Thank you so much again, brothers and sisters. I hope that you appreciated this lesson today. I know that I did, especially coming off the lesson last week, <laughs> brothers and sisters. I had to rebound. But again, I want to say I want to say thank you. Um, I love each and every one of you all, and um, you're on my mind and in my prayers. And keep your brother 
on your mind and in your prayers as well, brothers and sisters. Again, this is a weighty word. And um, this word and this ministry, along with regular life and relationship and family, uh, it's, a, it's a tough thing to balance, brothers and sisters. But pray for my strength that I, continue, I can continue to balance and even do a better job at balancing um, regular life with ministry, um, brothers and sisters. So I want to thank you guys again so much. I want to say um, happy um, day of Pentecost coming up, happy Sabbath coming up, and peace and blessings to each and every one of you all in Jesus' name. Good night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.